You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Paul, a couple roster moves this week. Uh, Tate Crowder officially now back gone from the practice squad, signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Giants have replaced him in the linebacker room with Jarrod Davis, who was a former first-round pick in 2017 of the Lions. He spent last year with the Jets, came back with the Lions, got cut, bounced around practice squad elevations and such. Uh, is this just more a flyer and getting a look-see to see if you can make a roster next year? Yeah, I think that's all it is. And to be frank with you, maybe there's some potential that he might even be able to help on special teams a little bit because the inconsistencies on the Giants' kick coverage units have, have been throughout the season. And and if he even gets a uniform uh, during the course of, of, of this Sunday's game, I don't know if he'll be ready for Sunday. He may have to wait till Philadelphia. But if he gets a uniform, I suspect he's going to be on special teams. Okay. And they'd like to see somebody deliver some hits. Geez, you think? Because I'm tired of special teams affecting some of the outcomes of these games with the Giants. Surely something they're going to have to look into in the offseason. Okay, and also we add on they have waived Chris Myrick, who had been you know, somebody who's played the fullback role, an extra tight end yeah. role. Clearly this is you know Daniel Bellinger being a two-way tight end part of the deal. And they added Wyatt Davis, who was with them for a week on the, you know, the practice squad, the claims right. earlier in the year. That is a guy who was a third-round pick out of Ohio State just a year ago. Uh, basically spent a year with the Vikings, got cut. I, I, odd. He had a lot of hype for a third-round pick guard. To, to see teams give up on him so early, clearly the Giants saw something because they brought him in before he was picked up by the Saints earlier in the year. Paul, both ways, Myrick, Wyatt Davis, what do you make of a move like this? Davis, I think, is a flyer you're talking about next year. They they want to see if they can get a better read. They only had him here a very short time till he got scapped up, as you right. said. And there's nothing the wrong with mining offensive linemen, right? Seeing what you can exactly. come up with. Exactly. Exactly. And, and especially when it's basically no cost or low cost. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so I, I I think that's a very good move by them and see if they can do something with that that piece of clay. Maybe, in fact, they'll see something and it'll be worthy of bringing him back next training camp and see what kind of depth he can help them with. So that's I definitely think that's a 23 move. Now, the other one with Myrick bothers me a little bit because he's the only uh, one of the Giants tight ends who had any experience at all at playing fullback. And I yeah. think you know me well enough, Sean, to know that I do like to see some fullback usage in the playbook. The Giants clearly don't want to do that. They seem to be allergic to doing it. I think it's a shame. I think it's possible that if they do use any type of fullback formations, they'll probably just stick an offensive lineman back there. Well, remember uh, remember yesterday, uh, last week, Daniel Bellinger on the play that he fumbled did line up at fullback when I went back and watched the game, too. Yeah, so. but but that's not really where they practiced him at very of much. Course. Of course. Uh, Myrick has had more experience at doing it, so I was kind of disappointed by that, 
But, you know, we've seen in the past, even Gates has had some token appearances as a short yardage fullback in goal line. So who knows how they'll they'll play well, it forward. Well, I, I might have I might have missed this. Did Myrick actually get picked up or claimed by anybody? I did not see it as of this taping. Okay, so and again, we are taping this as we remind everybody on one giant step on Thursday morning. It's approximately ten twenty a.m. Eastern time. So I, I is, think they would bring him back to practice. That was going to be my good. question: Is this a wave because they've kind of you know they needed room, but they've also had it, or a wave with geez, cross our fingers, maybe we can get this guy back and elevate him? Yeah, I, I suspect they will try to bring him back. I, I know they they like him very much. He's got a terrific work ethic. He's liked in the locker room. Smart player, blue collar worker. I'd be disappointed if they if they let him out of the building. And not only that, Paul, for those of unaware, you want to talk about a giant team on the cusp of the playoffs. Myrick was some playoff experience on that Bengal team that went to the Super Bowl after being with the Giants into December last year. He got waived. And so when you want to talk about guys who, you know, little veterans maybe can help the room, somehow, some way, it feels like Myrick never left. No, he did briefly and ended up play, playing and be part of a team in his Super Bowl. So, yeah, who knows? you know, as the, as the roster stands this week, Sean. Uh, the Giants, only 40% or so of their roster has any postseason experience at all. I'm surprised okay? it's that high. Well, it it, it is. It is. It's Because it, it, there are a lot of guys who've had token appearances, made one playoff spot, uh, oh, you know, right, with other right. teams. Kenny the Galladay, only guy who's right. been in a Giants uniform to be in the postseason is Landon Collins. How about that? Amazing. And Landon Collins, again, as I went back and watched, he brought everything and the thunder to the table on Sunday. All right, Paul, looking ahead to the Colts here, we watched them on Monday Night Football, and two things stood out. Number one, Justin Herbert obviously was incredible. He's obviously a member of the Chargers. The Colts' defense at times did hold its own in this game. So I think anybody expecting the Giants to go suddenly now drop their 30-point game Hold your breath. Where you can hold your nose is the Colts' offense is atrocious. And and Nick Foles, the Nick Foles we saw in the Super Bowl is is long gone here. And it, and it feels like, and I don't know, who knows what goes on. Jim Mersey can be a little kooky at times. He obviously hired Jeff Saturday with no experience. It, I, I, I am not convinced that Jim Mersey and Jeff Saturday are collaborating on playing Nick Foles at quarterback, let's just say, because they think it gives them the best opportunity to win these last two games. Remember, this right. is an ownership group that saw this team get the number one overall pick in draft Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. You can't tell me that they're not thinking about quarterback long-term as they keep turning these guys over. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor is lost for the year. Paul, this is a defense that the Giants right now have put forward, get their pass rush going. We'll get to Ojalari and Dory Jackson a little bit. They can't let the Indianapolis Colts score more than 14 points in this game, nor should they. Well, Foles' timing was horrific with his receivers last week. When you watched that game, you saw the three interceptions. You saw the erratic throws that he made throughout the course of the night against the Chargers. You saw the seven sacks that the putrid offensive line gave up, seven tackles for losses behind the line. It was a really, really bad showing. Now, I don't know that one week is going to make a difference for Nick Foles and that he's suddenly going to find his accuracy and his timing with his guys. What we know is this. Outside of Nelson, who, by the way, has not lived up to his standards this year either, this is not a very good offensive line. We know the quarterback is what he is. Taylor's out, so Zach Moss, the former Bill, who the Giants will have some familiarity with, uh, is basically their go-to running back. Pittman is a really, really good receiver, but he's about all they have right now. I think the Giants, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny here. 
But if this defense can't hold up against this Colts offense, something is wrong. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And Paul, when I think about this game, here's what's going to burst my bubble and make me boil over on Sunday. I trust this defense right now. Now, again, I'd like to see Jackson back, who was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice, as was Ojolari. And I guess maybe we should speak on those before I make the point. You have been the one alluding to giving Jackson an extra week and thinking he's that close. You came on the you know the post pod. You seem to anticipate that he's making strides. And voila, Paul, you were spot on. He finally hit the practice field on Wednesday. Obviously, the Giants could be in a situation where they win and then get to pull back and rest guys a week from now. I mean, honestly, you don't want to project on guys' health, but do you think that that arrow is pointing forward where we should feel decent about the chances of seeing a Dory Jackson on Sunday? Yeah, I do think so. I do. And I would probably put him on a snap count, Sean, to be yeah. honest. I don't We've been know talking about that for weeks. Him. He should be. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't put him out there for 65 snaps, but I think it's fair to say that he's got a chance to, to be on a limited snap count, and they might even do the same with Ojolari. Now, remember, Jackson had the knee. Ojolari's got the ankle. Uh, both right. guys were limited yesterday, and both seemed kind of optimistic. Yeah, and Ojolari obviously is a guy you can come in on obvious passing downs on third down and just say, go get him with Kayvon or something like that. You don't need to play him in the rough and tough first and second downs. And I obviously, Ojolari be one of those guys that would shut down in week 18 since he's been nagged by injuries and just get him ready for a postseason game. Because right. when, he when he's played, I mean, is there anybody who's played less but made more of an impact this year when he's played <laughs> than Aziz Ojolari? I mean, you can make, forget I the know. Giants. You could make the case in the NFL. The person who has played the least and made the most impact when they are out there has to be Aziz Ojal. <laughs> These injuries get a sack every time he's out there. Uh, we could we could create a new stat, production per appearance. How about that? Yes, yes, a PPA. And, a PPA. and you know, the thing about it is, it's not just what he does, but we saw how with him and Thibodeau on the edges – I think Tippetoe actually becomes a hell of a lot more dangerous as well. No doubt about it. Because if both are cooking, I mean, you, you can th if you want to double team everybody, well, that only helps the Giants secondary. So there's no doubt about it. So obviously, it's one of those spots, Paul, where I think that Giant fans look at the Colts and they say, well, do we really need a Dory Jackson and Aziz Ojolari? And I look at the Colts and I say, why even think about fooling around with not winning this game? Give yourself a chance with all hands on deck, even on a limited snap count basis, and just lock down that playoff spot and then worry about rest the next week. Obviously, you don't want to put these guys in danger, but this is no more fooling around time. You lost the game to Minnesota that, you know, again, that's a better team. Uh, you are the better team than the Colts, but... Worst teams beat good teams all the time, and fluky things happen, which is what was going to tie me to my next point. When the Colts a week earlier mounted that huge lead before the biggest blown lead of all time, what happened in that game? Weird interceptions. How about a blocked punt? Boy, have we seen that before from the New York Giants. So this is the kind of game, Paul, what worries me the most is some of the Achilles heel stuff that we've seen that bothers us with the Giants. You can't have that ruin a Sunday, and I am very worried still about special teams. I'm very worried about a fluky fumble here or a turnover here, and suddenly you're in a tight game when you don't have to be in the fourth quarter, which is why I would make sure that Jackson and Ojolari are on the field. But, Paul, if this is a game where the Giants have everything in front of them and dumb mistakes, or dare I say dumb penalties, which we've alluded to all year, end up costing them drives and costing them points, uh, it's going to be very unforgivable heading into the offseason. Well, let, let's just start by looking at the Colts' strengths. Their strengths begin right now with their front four. The Gakwe, Buckner, Pay, Stewart, those guys can play. 
all right? They get after the quarterback. That is a good pass rush that the Colts have. They play a lot of zone, okay? They don't blitz a whole lot. They don't stunt and twist a whole lot. They basically say, here are four guys up front, and they're going to get after you. And those guys win a lot of their one-on-one matchups. So if you're the Colts, that's something that you can hang your hat on. The other thing that they're actually excellent at, and I believe they're number one in the NFL, in their kickoff return unit, which means Graham Gano's mission is to put the ball out of the end zone every time he kicks off because you don't want to let them retilt the field in the other direction after you score or at the beginning of a half. Right Now, why do I mention this? Because the Colts will kick return out of the end zone. They're not afraid to take it out. So you must put it through the end zone so that they don't take it out. Eliminate that edge. And and those are two key components here for the Giants. They can't have any screw-ups either against that front four or in special teams coverage. I I am with you. That's the kind of thing that cannot ruin the game. Now, on the flip side, we talk about the Giants offensively. Last week, I, I mean, you can make the case, Paul, as far as balanced effort goes, that was the Giants' most balanced, executed effort all year. Maybe you want to make a case for the the Packer game in London as well. But, look, passing attack, they had deep shots they were able to take. And I know the Vikings play that too high safety look, and, you know, some holes were able to be created there. They were able to run the ball in spurts. I know Saquon obviously gave you the yards per carry stuff. How much of this, Paul, do you think you look at the game versus the Vikings and say it was all about right time, right matchup for this offense versus the defense? And how much do you look at it and say they gained confidence there in knowing that, and you had talked about it throughout the year, about opening up the playbook a little more and some stuff that had been hidden there a little bit. How much of that do we take away and say, okay, they found some stuff that we hadn't seen all year that now we get to see more of, or do you think that's going to be a one-off situation versus the Vikings? No, I I think we finally started to see them sprinkle in some of those chapters that we hadn't seen in the first half of the season. Now, have they gone full throttle into those chapters? No. They've only right. touched well, a little bit of it. And, but Paul, and I'm finally, sure that some of those chapters they'll never get to, right, without Wondell Robinson being here. No, and, they're not and going to. Right. Yeah, right. and, and to- Tony was traded. They're right. never going to get to that chapter. That's gone, you right. know. Um, and, and to be honest, the way Galladay practiced over the summer, I'm sure they had some 50-50 stuff for him. Sure. And we're not going to see that now. Right. Why, why would we? He's not of even course. playing. Of so, so there's stuff they're never going to be able to get to now. But I do think that as they've tried to sprinkle in some of it, they've opened that bottle of oregano just a little bit. Oh, uh, you got, you're I'm an oregano much, guy, Paul, huh? You love oh, the oregano. Always, for sure. <laughs> but but I do I do think that that, that oregano is going to stay on the pizza right now. You're, you're, not, why, why put it back in the bottle? You know, we, we've now seen that they've got a little more confidence uh, in, in some of those plays that they feel like they can they can break some of it out. And, and I think there's no reason to think that they'll go backwards. Why would you at this point? No, exactly. I, I want to see that offense. Paul, before we continue talking about that, what's the go-to slice for a Dottino to put oregano on? Well, I'm a big extra cheese guy, and I'm also a meatball pizza guy. Okay. All right, meatball. See, I, I've been really into the sausage of late. You get a nice thin slice sausage That's okay. on pizza. Oh, yeah, but man. you know what? Anybody who puts pineapple on their pizza needs to go to prison for at least five years. So that's a very popular social media argument. 
I don't know about prison, Paul. I think that might be a little strong. I don't dislike the idea of pineapple. It's got to have ham on it. Our producer, Adam, says, lock me up, Paul. He's there. You old school Italians hate hate the new stuff. You probably <laughs> scoff at the idea of buffalo chicken on a pizza too, Paul. It's basically Absolutely. meatball, Sicilian thick crust. Now I'm thinking, geez, I know what I'm doing for the game on Sunday. A lot of people. And we're taping this at breakfast. It's not a good idea. <laughs> it's not good. It's going to set us down. It's bad enough. I've had 17 pounds of pudding and 50 cookies the last three days eating and leftovers too. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, Paul, especially if the weather's good, I'm excited to see this offense trust and, and Dable and Kafka trust Daniel Jones a little more here to make plays. And, and obviously the guy's got to hold on to the ball too, right? Because for every good Richie James deep ball, we saw Sunday, he has an enormous drop. Uh, and obviously Hodgins can do what he can do. He's not a speedster and, and getting Darius Slayton going, but I'm anxious to see because Paul, if these next two weeks, the Giants suddenly are really trusting Daniel Joe. Jones and he's leading these receivers and he's he's leading them open, so to speak. It does change things a little bit. It, it does, and it and it gives you a little more optimism that maybe the Giants can stay and belong in games where other people other people wouldn't assume they could, including playoff games, 49ers, Vikings, right. and, and such. All right, Paul. We obviously know what's going on here. Winning in situation. MetLife going to be rocking. We haven't had any word yet. We handed out rally towels Sunday. Do we know any of that here? They did that no, with, the, uh, with the all-in stuff and the winning in stuff of- in 2011. As of this taping, the Giants marketing department has been silent, so I do not know of any plans. Now, Paul, it's a long day at MetLife. Do you make it to midnight on New Year's Eve the night before? Oh, sure. I okay. won't sleep Saturday night. Okay. Well, okay. So you'll What's make the point. <laughs> Right from Ryan Seacrest, stay up, watch a little old 22, and get ready for Quiddy Pay to attack. That's the it, man. You stay up straight for 48 hours. Why bother going to sleep? What's the point? Seriously. I love it. And it was, by the way, New Year's Day night when they beat the Dallas Cowboys to clinch a playoff spot in 2011. People forget Look, that as well. Sean, I'm not going to pull any punches here. I'm grateful the game is at one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, for okay. sure. You don't want to Because stay up if late that game, night. if this game, if this game was moved back, to the doubleheader game or to the primetime game, that would be quite, quite nerve-wracking. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm glad it's at 1 o'clock. Yes, get it out of the way. Good weekend of football. You get the college football playoff games on New Year's Eve. Leads us right into a good day of NFL football. And, oh, by the way, we all can root against the Cowboys just for no other reason than rooting against them if you're listening <laughs> to this on Thursday night as they play nobody. By the way, isn't that funny? We, we have to go toe-to-toe with the real Titans, and suddenly they play nobody on Thursday Night Football as they sit and rest for the Dallas Cowboys.